So thank you very much for coming. We'll continue with our readings from the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. We're up to the 81st Anucheda. Bhagavan is the most complete manifestation of Brahman. Oh well, repetition of a good thing is a good thing. I'm going to read the Anucheda again. So, Bhagavan is the most complete manifestation of Brahman. In this way, even though it has been clearly shown with multiple references to the testimony of the realized sages that the most complete manifestation of Brahman is in Bhagavan, this matter shall here be considered again in further detail. The one absolute truth is described in two ways, but there is no difference in its essence. Even though a difference exists, not only in name, but in appearance also. However, two types of eligible seekers, according to their individual perceptual abilities, see the one absolute in these two ways and worship him accordingly. One should not miscrew that the realization of one is factual while the other is delusive. Because the reality of both manifestations has been established, nor is it that there is a partial difference due to the one substantive being partially transformed by its own energy, since neither Brahman nor Bhagavan can undergo transformation. Therefore, either due to the completeness or incompleteness of vision, or in the case where vision is complete, but the person does not search out a specific manifestation of the Lord, there will be a difference. Here when he says a specific manifestation of the Lord, we're talking about a form, that someone who worships the Lord as having a form and has a particular istadev that they worship, whatever that may be, whatever form may have caught their spiritual attention um, and therefore that's done by the mercy of the devotees and they're attracted to a particular sampradaya which has a particular ideal. So there's four major sampradayas and then some say that uh, Lord Chaitanya came to amalgamate all four of those sampradayas and uh, Others say that we're just the Brahma Madva Gaudiya Sampradaya, that we're still in the Brahma Sampradaya. So, but um, practically speaking, we can see now at this stage in Kali Yuga, in the state of uh, the spreading of Lord Chaitanya's movement, that there certainly appears to be a pretty profound amalgamation, although there's still there's still the individual schools are keeping the distinctiveness of their Davis. You're not going to go to to the Ramanujas and and have them switch over from uh, Lakshmi Narayan to uh, you know to uh, Radha Krishna. This being the case, when the substantive appears without attributes, that vision is incomplete, as when it appears in the form of Brahman, 
And when that substantive manifests in a form with attributes that demonstrate the varieties inherent in its essential nature, uh, his essential nature, uh, then that vision is complete as when it appears in the form of Sri Bhagavan. Again, it is used instead of he. But it could be she in the but case. Aren't they saying Brahman? So Basically, yes. Yeah. If that's the way you're looking at the construction of the... With this intention, it will first be established that the absolute truth manifests in accordance with the vision of the inspired practitioner using six verses that contain questions and answers regarding the appearance of the great Purana Srimad Bhagavatam. So Jiva is saying, I'm going to use this section of the Srimad Bhagavatam that discusses the appearance of the Srimad Bhagavatam itself um, as my praman, as to substantiate the, the point being made here that the more complete manifestation of the Supreme Absolute Truth is with form, not without form. Um, but he just did this in the discussion of, with the re revelation of the Kamars. So what's happening here is more of the driving of a post, the same logic that to make something firm, the, the more the post is, the deeper the post is in the ground, the more firm the uh, the fence is going to be. So this is referred to as stuna nikanana nyaya. Stuna nikanana nyaya. He doesn't want to leave any room in the mind of the reader to go any place that's not authorized. The more firmly he establishes the transcendental and non-dual nature of Bhagavan, the weaker, weaker become the Brahmavadi's inherent, inherently limited claim that the absolute must be without variety or distinction in order to preserve its non-duality. So this is this is an important point. We're again we're talking about as the main praman for these beginning <clears throat> sandarbas, we have the verse Vidanti Tat 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 Janamad Vayam, that non dual absolute. So the Brahmavadis, when you say non dual, immediately say, Well then there cannot be not be a form. And they have their logic and reasoning for that, but Jiva's dis destroying it with his Sandarbhas. It's still very prevalent, even so prevalent that uh, in looking to A.C. Bhaktivedanta's uh, Pranam prayers, the prayers to him as a spiritual master coming to the Western world, the mentioning of the Western world is in there, but also the destruction of these mentalities. Nirvashesha and Sunyavadi. Um, without anything, and, well, 
without anything, sunyavadi. The Buddhist philosophy and uh, nirvishesha without any quali- qualities. So this qualityless Brahman, they feel is the most substantial representation of the absolute. And Jiva's saying, well, let's really, let's look to the Bhagavatam, look to the Pramana of the Bhagavatam, and you'll find that there's more to the personal absolute, the personal conception, than, than immediately meets the eye. Because the Brahman can't meet the eye. So, how to get across the point that Bhagavan can have transcendental characteristics, form, name, Leela, associates, various potencies, um, and still maintain the integrity of, you know, Advaigyana. Non-dual absolute. How do you do that? Without in any way compromising his non-dual essence. He is non-dual. So we don't got, we can't compromise the fact that the Supreme is non-dual. But then he cares for his devotees. Then he fights on behalf. He drives the chariot of his, you know, of his dear friend. This sure looks like duality. It it really does look like there's some preferential treatment. He acts in a certain way. He has a certain color about him. In different forms, he comes in different colors. So, I mean, those are certainly appear to be characteristics. How can he be the complete non-dual absolute when... All these different attributes are there. Color, form, his personality, the way he treats people, the way he speaks, the way everything about him is distinctive. Not only is it distinctive in that he is a one absolute personality, that one supreme absolute personality manifests in unlimited forms. according to the worship of the devotee. When that worship, and this is an important point that has to be always taken in consideration, when that worship is in accordance with authorized mantra. So that would come out a little bit more here, that the guru gives an authorized mantra and the form of the Lord is within that mantra or characterized by that mantra. But really there is no difference between the sound and the form. So you can't, again, you can't introduce duality into into even that uh, comprehension. So we have to understand it correctly. So God comes as you worship him as long as you worship him in an authorized manner. You can't say, well, Krishna is a coral snake. 
he may become as a coral snake for coral snakes and the gurus of the coral snakes may say he looks like that you know but he has one special ring you know on this i mean you know these things could be there but they're not in our shastra of course we're limited we don't have all of them but we have enough to get by and that's all that matters to us but it does mention in our shastra even that the lord comes in every species of life. So in this Anucheta, Shijiva Prabhu again explains the concept of Advaya Tattva, Advaya Tattva, or non-dual reality. In Tattva Sandarbha, he concluded that this Advaya Tattva is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. In the first section of this Bhagavat Sandarbha, he began by saying that the one absolute reality manifests in three ways according to the qualification of the worshiper. Furthermore, it is not that the realization of one aspect is factual and the other imaginary. Now, in the dualistic world, we naturally have a hard time wrapping our consciousness around an exclusive Inclusive is the word I'm looking for. An inclusive viewpoint. The world's not made for people that think inclusively. It's my race or your race. It's, you know, male or female. It's hot or it's cold. It's, this is the world of duality. So to have a, a more open approach, we, we have a hard time with that just because of our, our, our samskaras, our, the burn-in impressions of material life make it hard. There's life and there's death. You know, so... <clears throat> but you can see that there has to be an inclusive comprehension of the absolute. It's not like, my God, I have my God and your God doesn't exist. Well, why can't my God exist too? You know, what if, you know, I have, a, I have an inclination, I worship this manifestation of the Lord, and you're saying, well, Krishna is God. I'm saying Rama's God. No, Krishna's God. Krishna's the better God than Rama. Wait a minute, that doesn't work for me. I worship Rama. So, you know, these... These things, this all-exclusive nature gradually, you know, becomes a part of the, of the, of the heart of a Vaishnav, no matter what Sampradaya he's in. In the beginning, the Kanista, there's always distinction. There's my guru and there's your guru. There's my group and there's your group there's my god and there's your god my god's on the altar i may not even see the devotees in the beginning at all i only see my guru and god that's it as long as the rest of you guys i don't know what you're here for but i know what i'm here for i'm for my god and i'm for my guru you know but as time goes on you realize no you're for all the other people if you satisfy those people, then the guru and the god are pleased. 
you had it all wrong in the very beginning. But that's that's another thing. When the Kumaras saw the Supreme Lord in Vaikuntha, they did not conclude that Brahman was unreal. It's not that they 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 were Brahman realized. They were Jivan Muktas. The topmost yogis in, in the material universe. So it's not that, the, that they saw, well, here we've seen a personal manifestation of the supreme absolute truth, and Brahman just has no significance anymore. They didn't think like that, and that certainly was not the point. But they understood that Brahman was of the nature of Bhagavan, they have the same nature. They're the same Advaya Tattva, the same truth, that same non-dual spiritual substantive. And that devotional service resulted in a more complete realization of the Absolute. There was a lot more there, right? What did they experience? Oh my God, look at the way it's like this particular manifestation of the Supreme Brahman in a personal form, along with all of his associates, like they're all one person. They're that close. Immediately, he, this, this Lord comes running. Uh, you know, when we went to curse his, uh, the gatekeepers, and uh, he, he didn't come alone. He came with Lakshmi, and he came on his own two feet and he rested on the shoulder of Garuda and he was surrounded by all of his servitors and they were all like from the umbrella to the the clothes that he wore it was all one supremely achinta beta beta revelation their god all of them and they're not God, but they they don't think. There's nothing separating the way they think. They think they're all on the same page is what we'd say. It is also incorrect to think that one manifestation of the absolute is a transformation or effect of one of the other manifestations. So to think, well, Brahman is shooting out from the form of the Lord, that's not really the proper conception. So going into the next section of this Anucheda, a subsection, a subset of the same uh, Although many verses verses are interspersed among the six that will be quoted in this section, this is Jiva Goswami speaking. He's saying, there's many verses here in this section of the Bhagavatam speaking about the despondency of the Asadev and the his speaking with Narada Muni, his revelation and his final compilation of the Srimad Bhagavatam as we have it now. There's many verses. But uh, Jiva says here, I'm only going to use six of those verses. And uh, six that I'm going to quote in this section is what Jiva says. 
for the sake of brevity and quick comprehension only. These have been cited. So I'm not going to go into a deep, deep commentary on the entire section of the Bhagavatam, but I'm going to bring, I'm going to, I'm going to pound the post home with just six of those verses. So he begins. The first of the verses is from uh, First Canto, fifth chapter. You have fully inquired into and studied the eternal Brahman. Yet, O Master, you lament for yourself as though you were a failure. So Narada is speaking here and he's talking to his disciple and saying, you know, first of all, he's referring to him as Prabhu. You've You've done one heck of a task here. Look at what you've done. But yet you're not satisfied. So then Jiva Goswami begins the Anucheta by quoting the commentary of Sridhar Swami. So Sridhar Swami comments. And he uses Sridhar Swami's comments on these verses pretty extensively in this one Anucheta. And again, remember, this is one Anucheta and it's simply been broken into subsections so that which subsections would in, which include the verse and the associated commentary and then uh, the commentary of uh, of the compiler in English, Sachin Das Babaji. So he's broken them up so that he can give us spoonfuls <laughs> uh, that we can we can comprehend deeply what's being presented. So Sridhar Swami's comments on what Narada said. You've inquired into Jignasita. You've inquired into Jignasita. Or in other words, deliberated upon the Parambraman. So in order to compile all these books that you're presenting in written firm form, you've You've certainly contemplated deeply. So when we say contemplated, deliberated, it's a state of samadhi. It's an, it's it's a, it's actually a, a yogic quest, uh, which is eternal. And you have studied adita it. You studied this, the supreme absolute meaning that you have understood and realized it. So it's not that Yasudev was not realized. He was realized. Yet you lament in order to complete the sense of the verse. One has to infer that Narada is asking the question, why? So this is where Jiva begins. Wow, this really... Here's Vyasudeva, who's a compiler of all the Vedas for the most fallen age of man. He's writing them all down. He's presented the Mahabharata. He's presented other histories and the Puranas and the Vedanta Sutra. He's presented all this 
and he's still not satisfied. So that's what that's where he's 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 using that as a jump off point. He's not satisfied because he didn't give the more complete picture. It's not that he didn't give the complete picture. He just didn't give the most complete picture in detail. Now, he tried to give some Hari Katha in the Mahabharata, but it was such a, it's such a big presentation. At its heart, he gave the readers the Bhagavad Gita, but still, there's so much political tr- intrigue and so much satisfaction of worldly desires presented in the epic Mahabharata that one can lose sight of Krishna's part in the whole production. He's there. He's on the chariot. He's speaking to Arjuna. But there's also the all the other kingly things and all the all the aspirations and all the all the different intrigues and satisfactions of material and going to being promoted to heaven. All these things are covered in the Mahabharata in great detail. And Krishna's just like you know, it's he's just like a character in a, a character in a much larger production. He's not the central figure. So therefore, you you it's not that you didn't know Krishna, but it's just you need you need to give a little bit more. He wasn't the star. Nardamuni asked him the question of his dejection. This question itself indicates that Brahman realization is not the ultimate because the majority of what he presented as far as spirituality was was the Brahman concept. Moksha. In transcendence, and does not effort the highest fulfillment, which is bhakti, which is free of artha, dharma, kama, moksha, which is the primary presentation of, of all of the Veda. Artha, Dharma, Kama, Moksha. Bhakti is, it's a secret. It's the most secret. It's a secret of all secrets. Krishna says as much himself at the end of Bhagavad Gita. You know, even in the middle, Rajavidya, Rajaguyam. Most secret of all secrets, the purest knowledge. He gives direct perception of the self by realization. It's the perfection of religion. It doesn't get any more secret than that. I am the light of the sun and the moon. I am the, I am this. I am that. I am the fish in the sea. I am the, uh, you know, I am the shark. Uh, wherever you see and look and see something that you, you know, that that is awe inspiring within material nature that's me I am that and of everything that you can do bhakti to me is the highest there's nothing and he said right there in the so it's there right there in the Bhagavad Gita in the Mahabharata the secret of all secrets but it's just not emphasized 
to the extent that Vyasudeva's heart was fulfilled. Primarily, the Brahman conception is presented in the Vedas. We continue. Srila Vyasudeva replies to Narada, wandering throughout the three worlds like the sun and <clears throat> pervading within like the vital breath, you are the witness of all Atmas. He's praising his spiritual master. So please assess the deficiency in me. You're a great sadhu. You, you're omniscient. You know what people are thinking. That's the nature. The sadhu, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be with you all that, but he can, they have this ability. They know the mind of their disciple. They know their despondencies. So please assess the deficiency in me. You have the ability. Could you please help me out here because I don't know how to work through this. I've I've been writing for a long time, and I you know and, and here I am at the end of my work, and I'm just it's not I don't feel it. Despite my being immersed through yogic discipline and vow. I did everything that I could. In transcendental Brahman and imminent Brahman in the form of the Vedas. Shudar Swami continues. His commentary goes, You are like the sun wandering throughout the three worlds. Referring to Narada by Vyasadeva. And also on the partial strength of your performance of Vaishnav Yoga. You are like the vital breath moving in the interiority of all living beings. And thus you are the witness of all selves, the knower of their external and internal states. This is not simply flattery. This is the nature of the deep consciousness that's available to someone that's self-realized. He has that kind of, of potency. And it's, you know, you can see that part of that potency, as, as pointed out here by Sridhar Swami, is coming because of his Vaishnav discipline, his sadhana. I have been fully immersed in transcendental para-Brahman through abidance in truth, dharma, which is to say through the practice of yoga. As the sage Yajnavakya says, the supreme benefit of practices like worship, virtuous behavior, mercy, nonviolence, charity, and study of scriptures is that one directly apprehends the self by the power of yoga. So you can imagine entering into that in, internality that these yogi, yogis, the world they live in is not the world that, that we live in. For the, you know, as far as what they... They're not... They're not 
their aspirations are not one of, of external gratification. They live in the, in, in, on the other side. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. And being not of the world allows them access to a vision of the world which is extremely complete, so much so that they can simply look at the continents of someone's face and understand their inner mentality. And, and it draws out their compassion. They, I mean, this is the nature of, of these, specifically, of course, the sadhus, the Vaishnav sadhus. Uh, so we see that Vyasadeva is is extolling this this virtue in in Narda and knowing that Narda can because of this ability to understand his mental state easily easily as easily as 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 anything that a materialist would do, you know, that would, we would think would be very complicated, they can assess the mentality of the disciple and easily say, well, your solution's right here. You know, what do they say about, you know, your cut off your nose to spite your face? You go all around that the problem is right in front of you. You know, we go through so much mental anguish and put ourselves into so much mental anguish in material existence and the circumstances that are presented to us. It's It can be complete and absolute agony at times, trying to deal with the mind and the senses and, and, and just making it day-to-day -day struggling uh, to, to properly pursue even spiritual life, what to speak of the materialist. And the guru, he can easily resolve those problems. He is the topmost psychologist, counselor, friend, lover. But it's interesting, this verse from Yajnavalkya, the supreme benefit of practices, the most that you can get out of practices like worship, Virtuous behavior, mercy, nonviolence, charity, and study of scriptures is that one directly apprehends the self by the power of yoga. It doesn't say the supreme self; it says the self. The self is Brahman. That's as much. That's as much as you can do with the facilities that are offered one within material existence, and even to have perfection. In those disciplines, whether they be yoga or gyan or karma, specifically niskarma, niskama karma, which is meant for elevation, um, all those need a pinch of bhakti to be successful. But only bhakti can give bhakti. Only the bhakta can give bhakti. Whereas all the other yogic disciplines and the discipline of study of Shastra and, and austerities, all those things can give you liberation. Almost. I mean, you can get 
you still need that one little merciful dispensation from bhakti but she gives that uh, to those practitioners through vows such as the study of scriptures i have also become fully immersed in imminent brahman known as the veda even so i feel a great deficiency within please assess what it is Vyasadeva has expressed his mind and we'll continue with the next class, Narda's solution. But we can see what the significance is here that, that Jiva is bringing out. He's bringing out the fact that here's even Vyasadeva. So he himself is, a, is an avatar of the Supreme coming for the benefit of human society. But he's posing himself and in doing so, he's showing that all of the disciplines that are there in the Veda and all of the presentations that are in the Veda without the emphasis upon bhakti, they're really not satisfying to the self. They can only take you so far. They can take you to Swarga, they can take you to to Vaikuntha, I mean to, to Brahman, to the Brahman conception. And you can become a Jivan Mukta and you can even attain uh, Brahman if, if done properly. Any questions? Thank you so much. Thank you.